0: It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
1: And good afternoon. This is Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. So good to be with you this afternoon, taking your calls and questions about the Bible and Christianity. Let me give you the number if you're not familiar with, uh, with calling in, or maybe this is your first time listening to the show, or you just don't remember the number, uh, 303-690-3000. That's the number uh, for everyone, one number for all, 303-690-3000, if you want to join us on the air with your question. If you prefer to text 720 336 Nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven, and you can text your question in. But it's a little bit easier if you give us a call. We can get a little bit more context. If you do text, uh, keep it uh, short enough to where I can actually read it and process it there and answer it uh, for you on the air. Uh, but like I said, uh, much easier if you want to just give us a call and join us on the air. And I know uh, some people are a little bit afraid uh, to do that, but nothing to be afraid of. We'll make uh, the process as pleasant as possible. Again, I'm Jason Vandiver here with you on Calvary Live. Appreciate all of you listening on Grace FM in Colorado and Wyoming, and all who are listening on Hope FM in Maryland, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, welcome to all of you as well. we got a great hour planned for you here. Uh, again, just uh, talking with you and taking—that's that that's what's the best part about this program is just taking your calls and hearing your questions, and sometimes we hear some similar questions, but they always seem to have uh, kind of a, a different nuance, uh, something specific to the individual that that makes it so interesting. And so I always love uh, talking to you. And uh, sometimes, uh, well, the questions are uh, quite profound and deep. And occasionally, uh, even... Things that we haven't uh, thought about before, or or in a while, or in quite the way that uh, that they're being asked. So uh, please uh, don't hesitate. Give us a ring here on the program three zero three six nine zero three thousand. I'm Jason Vandiver. I am the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get more information about our fellowship at Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com That's CalvaryChapelParker.com, including uh, when you can join us next. If you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area, Sunday will be your next opportunity. We'll be continuing in the book of Genesis, chapter 13, a message entitled Back to Bethel. We're in the midst of the life of Abraham where God gets him exactly where he wants him to be and not only shows him the land but allows him uh, to experience the land that uh, and to walk through the length and uh, the Width of the land and experience what God has given him by faith. So it's going to be an exciting time of worship and fellowship and prayer and getting into the Word of God this Sunday at Calvary Chapel Parker. I encourage you to check us out on the web, calvarychapelparker.com. And if you're going to be in the area, come on out and worship with us. Say hello if you do. If you're not in the area, we encourage you just to take advantage of the many resources that we have on our webpage. Um, one of the things that I find most beneficial uh, on our webpage is, is that it It's very easy to ex- access uh, studies through the entire Bible. So uh, if you want to pick a book, chapter and verse, and go through it, uh, you just click on the Messages tab uh, on our website, and you can literally pick any book of the Bible uh, and then go through it verse by verse, and you know that the subsequent studies are going to be there. They're going to be easy to access. Uh, all of the newer studies so uh, we have both in audio and video format for you there, if you prefer to podcast, uh, we have that available for you for current studies as well. So just go to com and check that out. And how about giving us a call here, 303-690-3000. want to mention, uh, of course, uh, bring up all of our friends and even those that uh, we don't know uh, down in, in Texas and uh, Louisiana, and many other parts now that are being affected by uh, Hurricane Harvey and then uh, the storm as it uh, has blown across the southern United States, generating uh, tornadoes now as well as all of the flooding. Um, if you want to donate, uh, I would encourage you to um, do so. One option, there's, there's a lot of options, but one option I would recommend to you is Calvary Chapel in Houston. Uh, they are Calvary H, calvaryh.org. And you can go right on their website. Up in the top right is a button that says donate. You can click on that. And then they have many different categories you can donate, but one is disaster relief. And uh, they've been housing a lot of folks uh, there. I saw some pictures of the uh, of the dump trucks literally arriving in front of the church and a ladder and people getting out of the dump truck and being in their fellowship hall and just towels and everything everywhere and so I know they they have their hands full there and but the Lord is using them and many other believers uh, in, in, in amazing ways and so if you know the Lord is laying it on your heart to get involved uh, financially, Calvary H org, and you can make a, a donation there as well, and uh, we'll uh, keep them in our prayers also. Hey, 303-690-3000, and let's go to Dominic in Lakewood. Dominic, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing really well. Very blessed. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you calling in. What's on your mind today?
2: Yeah, uh, I was just wondering. I was uh, so... <laughs> I, w- I was looking up uh scriptures on uh, Blue Letter mm-hmm. uh Blue dot com and right, uh right. I looked Great up site. Trumpet and um just because you know, I I was looking up the trumpet calls, that um, i gone through Revelation and mm-hmm. uh I saw in on uh it was first Corinthians fifteen I believe, uh so I, uh he helped me uh when, when I called in but uh it was saying something about the uh it was saying that uh we'd be caught up at the last trumpet
1: mm-hmm. or that
2: a mystery would be veiled at, uh, at the last trumpet. And I was wondering if that was uh, the last, trump- like if that was correlating to the last trumpet in Revelation or uh, if right. that
3: was something else.
1: Yeah, so in First Corinthians fifteen fifty two is what I think you're referring to. He's he he says in, in a moment in, in, a, in the, he's talking about the resurrection. Obviously in First Corinthians fifteen that, that that's the subject. He's and so right. in, in relationship to that he says in a, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So he's talking about about the resurrection of the body. Um, now in Revelation uh, one. When we get into the book of Revelation, uh, we have trumpets. Uh, of course, there are the, the trumpet judgments. And I would tell you that you should not confuse the last trumpet. In 1 Corinthians 15, with the last in a series in the trumpet judgments in Revelation. Because we know that the rapture of the church begins before the tribulation. I'll talk a little bit more about about why uh, we believe that is the case. And the trumpet judgments obviously occurring during the last three and a half years of the great tribulation period. So different timing, um, and also different subject matter. One relates to the resurrection, uh, the other deals uh, with the judgment. Uh, during the Great Tribulation period. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, and and I promise mentioning. So I I can't get into all of the the, the reasons we don't just for sake of time. Um, but the reason we believe that the rapture of the church occurs before the Great Tribulation period. Um, Paul deals with it extensively in First and Second Thessalonians, the end of First Thessalonians, the beginning of 2 Thessalonians. Um, we see uh, also uh, that the church, uh, we don't see the church actually uh, on earth after Revelation chapter 3, but it's not an argument from absence. We do see the church, uh, we see the 24 elders representing uh, those saved out of Israel and the church, worshiping before God, and casting their crowns before his feet, singing about uh, how he has redeemed us uh, from throughout the earth. And so uh, we see the the church in heaven, and then three and a half years into the tribulation, you have the seals, uh, bulls, trumpet judgments uh, being poured out in the last three and a half years of the tribulation. But in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, we have the ra- or the resurrection of the body, which begins at the rapture of the church, and we see that in First Thessalonians four.
2: Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. See, that's that's what I was confused because I think I was, you know, I was like, wait, that that you know that that I wasn't uh, correlating them properly. So, yeah, thank you for clarifying that.
1: No, it's not an uncommon what what you're suggesting. in, in fact, there are those who who will make the argument, and, and you may have even read that before, who, who will make the argument that th- and, and try to place the, um, particularly the, the rapture at the close and the resurrection at the close of the great, or at the end of the great tribulation period. Um, and that's one of the, the arguments that they use. Um, but as I mentioned at the outset of our conversation, I, I wouldn't confuse the last trumpet with the last in a series. Right, okay. okay. And, and, and that's the difference.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you so much for answering my question. That, that really clears it up for me. I was, yeah, I was a little confused about that. But yeah, thank you.
1: Well, absolutely. I can understand that. I appreciate you calling, Dominic.
2: Yeah, thank you. All right, Take, Pastor. Well, I uh, hope you have a blessed week and uh, God bless your ministry.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. You as well. 303 690 3000, Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Adam. In Boulder, Colorado. Adam, welcome to the program.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm on the air. Hi, Pastor <laughs> Jason, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, and here we are. What's on your mind?
0: Hey, so you're going to have to forgive me. I'm driving home from work, and I don't have my Bible in front of me. But I've always been curious about when um, uh, um, Cain when Cain killed Abel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: God cursed Cain, and he says, Burden I, I can't bear, right? And right. Um, they're all... The, don't cast me out there. The people are going to kill me, or they're, they're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they're talking about other people.
1: So yes. I've always
0: thought, like, you know, did Adam and Eve have children before Cain and Abel? Or I mean, because they've lived a long time. I mean, it, it's really curious. I wanted I wanted to know what your take on that was, or what your understanding is.
1: Yeah. So so here's what I would say about that. I don't believe Adam and Eve I- in the context of uh, Genesis particularly chapter 4, which is where Cain and Abel come into the picture. Um, but I don't believe that they that, that in the context of Scripture that it indicates that they had children before Cain and Abel. But certainly they, they would have had children after Cain and Abel, uh, and then those would have had children and so forth. And so mm-hmm. those, are, those are the people that Cain's referring to. And so um, it says in Genesis four one, it says, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore a son uh, and bore Cain, and said, I've acquired a man uh, from the Lord. And and then uh, she bore again, uh, this time a brother Abel. He was a keeper of the sheep, Cain was a tiller of the ground, and so the the, the story goes on. And so Mm -hmm. they have those children, but then they have other children as well, not all – well, really any other than Seth uh, are recorded for us. And so there would have been sons, uh, perhaps sons and other daughters. Uh, There would have been, had to have been intermarriage at that time. Uh, So in other words, you you have a situation where uh, genetically – at that point, you don't have the same kind of genetic corruption that now exists mm-hmm. within the human race uh, that yeah. per- makes intermarriage particularly dangerous as well as the proliferation of disease and so forth. Um, it's very early on yet. You also have a population, uh, uh, a population that could have grown quite rapidly, and you could have yeah. had ten- tens of thousands of people. Of course, uh, Adam living uh, in his 900s and-, and all of the others living uh, for a long period of time as well at this at this point in time, up until Methuselah, who was 969 years old. So, so you have uh, people living for a very long time, presumably having many, many, many offspring, them having children, and the world being populated really quite rapidly. And so those are the people that Cain is worried uh, about mm-hmm. ret- retribution from. Um, all, all of these other offspring that would have existed in the Earth at that time.
0: So Cain and Abel have been, I mean, I think the illustration that a lot of us have is that Cain and Abel were like young guys when when this happened. They could have been yeah. really old. What you're yeah,
1: they, yeah, they. They. It's doubtful that when you look at it, it's doubtful that they were were you know, well it's impossible really that they were just, you know, youngsters at this time. Yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean they they had been around for a while. And and actually when you look at it, there, there's a lot of things that they knew. You know, when you read it more closely, you, you get the sense that yeah, some time has passed because it says and in verse three it says and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. So so they were just going through their day to day thing and they're making yeah. offerings because God, God had already established Established, uh, killing animals to cover Adam and Eve and it was very clear to them that, that animal sacrifice was required and so Abel did what God asked Cain didn't do what God had asked so they're, they're living their life they're, they're cultivating the ground they're raising their flocks they're presumably uh, marrying and having children and, and, and all that and then at some point uh, Cain decides to kill his brother uh, in retribution because he was angry really with God but he couldn't do yeah. anything about it,
0: right? Well, well, that's interesting. I mean, it's just it's just interesting to think that there's so much history and there's so many people that aren't recorded. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's just it, it's just it's fascinates me. So, I, yeah, thanks for um, thanks for just, you know making me allowing me to think a little bit more about that. That's great. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, yeah no problem. I, I think the the deceptive part too is is that okay? So you're only at chapter four right, yeah. in Genesis, and, and not everything's recorded, and, and, and we can lose a sense for really the time that has passed and all of the other things that are going on that aren't necessarily essential uh, information and, and aren't recorded in, in our Bibles. Makes total sense. Makes yeah. sense. Hey, I appreciate, uh, appreciate it, Adam. Uh, good question. And I uh, hope yeah. you're doing well up in, up there in Boulder, and uh, <laughs> I, I wonder who you might be rooting for tonight.
0: Oh my so. gosh, well, you know what? My wife is a CU alum, but my, um, my side of the family is all CU grad, so got to side awesome. with my wife on this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I have three three uh, CU either students or grads, and so uh, we're going to be uh, rooting for the bus, but I know there's a lot of CSU fans out there uh, excited tonight for the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Hey, God bless yeah, you, Adam. It's
0: going to be a lot of fun. God bless you, too. Take care. Thanks.
1: Yep, bye You You as well. Thanks for calling. Hey, folks, if you want to join me on the air, great calls from Dominic and Adam there. 303 690 3000 That's the number to call if you want to be on Calvary Live. It's gonna, it's, it's a lot of fun. I really uh, just enjoy hearing from all of you and taking your calls. This is Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. And uh, I mentioned earlier uh, Hurricane Harvey uh, relief in Calvary H.org. That's calvaryhouston.org. I just want to say, take a moment, uh, time out here, and uh, say, uh, A prayer uh, for those folks uh, that we can't be there with them, but we can certainly pray for them. And as I indicated to you, if the Lord lays on your heart, uh, you can give financially as well. Father, we do just lift up the people of Texas and and Louisiana and the South, those hit uh, by the flooding, those now hit by these uh, tornadoes, uh, those who are now out of their homes, uh, many in shelters, many in hotels, many fleeing to places like Dallas and elsewhere, Lord. uh, We just pray for their safety. Uh, Lord we just pray that you would provide for them we pray that you would uh, just look after them and, and feed them and keep them warm Lord we just pray that you would get them home as soon as possible and, and uh, Lord they would be able to begin that process of rebuilding and that you would provide for that we pray that as many people as possible would come to you uh, Lord through this tragedy we pray that you would comfort those that have lost one, loved ones whether they were uh, first responders uh, in difficulty or some of these electrocutions uh, in In the electrified water or drownings and other things that have taken place, and those that uh, citizens that have lost their lives lord we uh, we just pray for their families as well that you'd comfort them and encourage them, Lord that you'd bring healing uh, to this land that you would bring salvation to this land, that you would use even this, uh, Lord, to draw people to yourself. And Lord, we just pray that you provide in the coming weeks, days, weeks, and months, uh, in the aftermath and in the cleanup of this. Lord, we love you. We have faith and trust in you. Uh, We know that you are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, folks, Jason Vanderveer here, Calvary Live 303-690-3000. Let's go to Julian, also uh, in Boulder, Colorado. Julian, welcome to the program.
4: All right, thank you. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm
4: doing very well, thank you.
1: Good. What's on your mind?
4: Well, I actually had a, a question that, that was kind of out of Matthew twelve forty
1: three. You know, it kind of said that when a clean spirit,
4: uh, let me go back to it here. When a, uh, when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then it goes on to basically saying that you know I'm trying to figure out if if a man is saved, basically those spirits left him because he accepted Christ in his life and his his vessel was no longer dirty basically so those spirits are gone so if a man decides to go back to what he once was does that mean that the basically those unclean spirits will come back with seven spirits more worse than the first one
1: yeah, I, yeah, I understand the question. Um, let me give you a little bit different take on this. So, so what I believe Jesus is talking about in, in Matthew twelve forty three through forty five is he's talking about uh, about the worthlessness of self reformation. So, I don't okay. believe he's ta- I don't believe he's talking about someone who's truly saved. I think he's talking about a lot of people that I've known, and perhaps some that you have unfortunately um, known of as, as well. Who who in a sense they clean up their life temporarily, but it's right. but it. As I said, it's self-reformation. It, it's not true salvation. And so he describes this unclean spirit. It goes out of a man. You know, they clean up their life. And, and the unclean spirit goes out, and and uh, he says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back there. Eventually, he decides to go back to that individual, and he takes uh, some of his friends, seven other spirits, in verse 45, more wicked than himself. And, and Jesus says the result is that the last state of the man is worse than the first. Let me give you an example. Um, I used to work with a, a, a lot of uh, guys— um, that uh, were coming out of substance abuse. The company that I that I worked for was very gracious, and they hired a lot of guys that were recovering addicts. and And what I found was is that uh, there there were some that did well. And they were the ones that truly gave their life to Christ. Uh, But then there were those who kind of just went through the process. Maybe it was a 12-step process. Maybe it was another process. And they cleaned up their lives for a while. Some of them even got married. They held down their jobs. They bought homes. But almost always they would eventually go back uh, to their sin and their addiction. And it was always much worse the second time around. And that's what Jesus is describing here.
4: Okay,
2: okay. I understand
1: yep and so uh right. y- yeah it's it, it, it just a just a different a little bit different take, but I but I can understand the question there and uh appreciate the call.
4: Well, right. thank you so much. take care.
1: <laughs> you bet Julian. God bless you, my friend. take care. 303 690 thousand if you want to join me on Calvary Live. let's go to Vince in Littleton, Colorado. Vince, welcome to the program. Hi, Vince. can you hear me? I don't know if we have, uh, we might have lost Vince. Vince, if you're uh, still on the line, we'll get you on the air. If you're not uh, on the line, if we've somehow lost you, give us a call back here. 303-690-3000, that's the number to call if you want to join me here on Calvary Live. And uh, I'm Jason Vandiver, as I've mentioned to you, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. And uh, you can find out about our fellowship, Calvary Chapel com is the web address, calvarychapelparker.com. I want to invite you if you want to join us uh, in Israel, if you don't have an opportunity to do so through uh, your church or haven't had a chance to go before or uh, you've had a chance to go and you'd like to go again we're going to be going next spring uh, back over to Israel March 12th through the 22nd and uh, if you go to calvarychapelparker.com just click on the Israel banner all the information's there we'd love to have you join us and we'll get you quickly integrated and connected and prepared uh, to travel with our group and if you have family or friends uh, in the area uh, or even out of state or in other countries even we've, we've done that before as well uh, we can make arrangements for them to travel with us and to join you all also, just go to calvarychapelparker.com. Click on the Israel banner there. We'd love to have you join us uh, over in Israel. Looks like we lost Vince, uh, but uh, Vince uh, has a question about the the speech that uh, President Reagan made to the UN about aliens amongst us. Uh, What is uh, my take uh, on aliens? Uh, Well, normally when a president gives a a speech about aliens, uh, I think he would be talking about illegal aliens, uh, but I suspect, uh, uh, I don't remember that speech, uh, but I suspect uh, President Reagan was uh, perhaps uh, talking uh, about aliens from other planets. Um, The Bible doesn't really give us any indication uh, that other planets are inhabited. It doesn't tell us that other planets aren't uh, it just doesn't tell us uh, that they are, and it's certainly uh, not an impossibility. Although uh, I don't believe we've necessarily found a, a planet with the uh, all the appropriate conditions for life. Or uh, by by we I mean uh, scientists, uh, astronomers, and so forth. And uh, certainly, obviously, we haven't found life on other planets yet. Uh, I personally uh, don't believe uh, that there is life uh, on other planets, um, and it's not just from a science standpoint that that I don't uh, believe that's the case. Uh but uh, I believe that God created this planet as a very special place. I I believe that he created man. Uh the Bible tells us that in his image and in his likeness and there doesn't seem to be an indication that God replicated that work Elsewhere, or did some other type of work elsewhere, and it would be a, a bit problematic, I think, in relationship to uh, God's creation and God's plan of redemption, uh, if if uh, that were to be the case. So, what do we make of people who have stories of of Alien encounters, or 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 whatnot. Um, I believe that people do experience things, uh, but what I believe they're experiencing is not. Uh from when it is uh, in fact uh, something that they're they're honestly reporting, uh, I believe that it's they're encountering their spiritual realm, and uh, I believe that that what they 're encountering is perhaps uh, uh, fallen angels in some cases, and Satan doing his best uh, just in another way to to confuse people and to lead them astray so uh, that would be uh, my take uh, on the the subject of of little green men and and aliens and, and, and so forth. Uh, but I uh, hope that uh, – hope Vince, I hope that uh, is along the lines of what you were talking. If you wanted to talk about illegal aliens – I apologize. I didn't go in the right direction, but I think that's what you were after. Hey, folks, 303 690 3000. That is the number uh, to call if you want to join me on Calvary Live here. And if you prefer to text, 720 336 0897. Let's go to Caesar. I wonder if this is my buddy Caesar. Uh, Caesar, how are you doing today? Good, sir. It is. It is you. How are you? You good? Good, pa- Yes, Pastor. I'm good. <laughs> What's on
3: your mind? Pastor, on that, Cain and Abel, uh-huh. um, I, thought, I thought God looked at his heart and saw that his heart, because he gave first fruits, so he was pleased, because I thought there was no law. The law, like, there was no, like, God didn't, like, yeah, I, I understood like he didn't tell him. Yeah, let me go ahead and give you some
1: information on that, Caesar. So, so in, in Genesis chapter four, the issue doesn't seem to be the heart, although obviously Cain and well, in a way, it is, but but that's not really how it's described for us. Uh, obviously, Abel had a much different heart; he had a heart after God, and and, and Cain's heart was was uh, quite off at this particular point. Um, but but the issue really seems to be, uh, it says that that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and it says the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he didn't respect Cain and his offering. And so the Lord told him, why are you angry, in verse 6? And he says in verse 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Accepted and so the the implication is is that Abel did well, and Cain did not and The only difference between their two sacrifices is one was uh uh of the ground and the other was of the flock and so we know uh... that without as it says in hebrews without the shedding of blood there is no remission the implication is there's no remission of sin and so even before the law you you're absolutely correct when you say there was no law there there was no law but animal sacrifice predates the law and blood sacrifice predates the law and blood sacrifice extends beyond the law. It's just that now uh, we don't have to make daily sacrifices because we have the blood of Jesus Christ sacrificed for us on the cross. And so all of these sacrifices before the law dur- and during the law were pointing forward to the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so that's the difference between the sacrifices of Cain and Abel. Okay? Did Cain and Abel, which one,
3: which one like, uh, one was... He was a hunter, and the other one was a harvester yeah and well so what, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that wouldn't that also take place like if yeah I would, he would, give me from what but he didn't give the first fruits of what he what he was blessed, like say he's he's blessed as a harvester, but he didn't give his first fruit as a harvester, or the other person gave gave up his first fruits. And that was a difference. And, and so you see the heart, like he turned away. And then he, and then he wanted to make his own law, like make yeah. his own
1: punishment,
3: just like we do. Yep. Uh, hey, we I've want got to. to, to ourselves
1: I've, of, you can hear the music gone. there, Caesar. I've got to run, buddy. But uh, I appreciate your call and uh, love talking about this subject. Uh, with you guys, with Adam, and now uh, with you, Caesar. Uh, thanks for, uh, for giving us a call this afternoon. Hey, folks, if you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000. We've got to take a short break. It won't be long, but we'll be right back with Calvary Live after this.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-
1: And we are back, Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live, and so good to be with you this afternoon, taking your questions and calls about the Bible and about Christianity. 303-690-3000, let's go to Debbie in Aurora. Debbie, welcome to the program.
5: Hi, yeah, thank you for taking my call. I you bet. I called last week to get prayer over my significant other and feel kind of embarrassed. I didn't explain the situation right, but that's uh, I'll something else I'll get prayer on. But I'm trying to learn the Bible, and I'm trying to get closer to the Lord Jesus and God. And my question is, if we're, we're sinners on planet Earth, and then when we get to Heaven, how what what prevents us from sinning there? Do you understand
1: what I'm asking? I do understand your question, yes. Yeah. Okay, so, I'm not, I didn't
5: know if I was saying it right.
1: No, no, no. You're, you're very clear, so you did a good job. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. I think it's a very good question. Um, so w- in this life, in, in, in this body, um, we have two, two natures basically at work. Paul tells us this uh, in, in Romans chapter 7. And so what you have is you have the new man in Christ, uh, but you also have the old uh, sin nature, the flesh we often r- refer to it as. And so as long as you're alive in this body, uh, Paul says you- you've got these two natures and they're at war with one another. Uh, I talked with an earlier caller th- about the resurrection. And the Bible tells us that this corruption can't inherit incorruption. And one of the great things that God is going to do is, is that when we die and our our soul, and our spirit goes to be with the Lord, uh, ultimately we will receive a resurrected body. Uh, and in that resurrected body is no sin nature, uh, but is perfection. And so the, the Apostle John describes it as this way. When we're, when we're in the eternal state, he says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, But we know that when he is revealed, that is Jesus Christ, so ultimately when Jesus Christ is revealed, he comes and he raptures the church and the the resurrection begins. He says, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So there is a work that is going on in us right now, though, even preceding the resurrection. We call it sanctification, And, and it's that work of making you righteous, And that work will be completed when we see Jesus Christ. We will be completely transformed, and we will receive this resurrected body, and we will be with the Lord, and we will no longer have our sin nature. We will only have yeah. We will only have our new nature in Christ, and thus we will not sin.
5: We won't have the desire to sin. You
1: you won't have the you won't have the capability because it won't be there. You you won't have the desire, you won't have the ability to do it. You will be like Jesus, and yeah, uh, yeah, you will be like him. You'll see him, and and you'll be like him. And yes, it is very cool, uh, especially when we go through day in and day out, and we say like the Apostle Paul, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin and death?
5: Exactly. That's exactly how I feel.
1: Yeah. Okay, well,
5: that's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that.
1: Well, I kind of
5: thought ha- that, but I didn't know.
1: Well, you probably, you know, being a, a newer believer, as you you mentioned, you're just now kind of getting your arms around all of these things, and we appreciate, you know, you calling here and giving us an opportunity to, to share some things with you.
5: Yeah, I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: give us a call. <laughs> give us a call anytime. And uh, and and you said you you uh, needed you had a prayer request also.
5: Yeah, you prayed for me last week about my significant other. Who ah, um, yes. who remained sober for eight years, but who died uh, June 23rd because he succumbed to that temptation again. But also, he stayed sober for eight years, mm. so I'm I'm just really grateful for that. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to have a while well, I had on the phone additional prayer for um, for myself for and my daughter, his daughter, for healing for. Um, from Jesus you know to be healed mm-hmm. to be
1: And, and is, the... is is his daughter a believer also?
5: Yes, we're both Christians. Mhm.
1: Let's pray then. Okay. And what's her name?
5: Her name her name is Miranda.
1: Miranda. Father, we just I just thank you so much for Debbie and I thank you for Miranda. I thank you for uh, their new life in you, their relationship with you, that you have revealed yourself to them, that you've given them the gift of faith, that you have saved them, that you're transforming their life from glory to glory and that one day they will see Jesus Christ, that they will be like him. Uh, that uh, they will receive their resurrected bodies, that there will be no more sin. Uh, so many things will be gone. No more sorrow, no more tears, no more crying. I will just be with you, Lord. And we look forward to that time. And I just pray that you'd continue to sustain them and strengthen them and encourage them and, and grow them and grow Debbie as she just continues to seek you in your, in your word. Just continue to increase her uh, in the knowledge of you and what it means to walk with you and to have a relationship with you and to commune with you. Just strengthen her and encourage her. And Lord, I pray for uh, for her and Miranda, and for um, just uh, healing as they uh, as they um, recover still from the death of this loved one. And so, uh, Lord, we we just thank you that uh, that you're the one who 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 uh, holds our tears. Uh, As you say in a bottle, and Lord, you bind up uh, our wounds and you strengthen us and you encourage us. You're the lifter of our head. And so I just pray that you'd encourage them, that you lift them, that you'd strengthen them going forward uh, by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
5: Amen. Thank you so much. I needed that.
1: Absolutely. And uh, thanks for calling, Debbie. Have a great day.
5: Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. 303-690-3000, 303 3000 and let's go to Ben. We, we were trying to get Ben earlier. His, ben, we thought Ben was Vince. Vince is actually Ben. Ben, welcome to the program. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Sorry we had your name good. wrong. Yeah, no, no, no. So, yeah, no no, wonder, I, no I, wonder you didn't yeah, answer. No, I... Did again? <laughs> I said no wonder you didn't answer. I wasn't calling you by the right name. <laughs>
4: um, so I heard you. Uh, you talked about it a little bit. So sure, yeah. Uh, I I I agree with you. I, I think uh, people are giving in to like demonic hosts and yeah, probably yeah. seeing demonic entities and stuff like that. You know,
1: um, yeah.
4: But I, I I you know you, you said that you never uh, remembered that speech. I know. I think he gave that in like '83, where he was saying how. Somebody asked him a question, you know, if mm. aliens were to come attack us, would that unite the world? Okay. And gotcha. he, he basically said, Well, I ask you now, are are there aren't aren't there aliens among us now? So I just yeah. want and, and I know uh I, I I believe I heard, you know, that he was Christian and uh Reagan was Christian. So yeah. I just wa- I just wanted to get, gain— game gain some uh uh i guess, some insight on what you guys thought of well, that I- speech when what he meant by that
1: yeah well you know i'll tell you a, a little known fact uh Well, probably nobody really cares, but actually Ronald Reagan was there when I was baptized. Uh, When I was a a young boy, I went to the same church that he did, uh, and I was baptized in in that church. Uh, I don't remember it. I was so small. Uh, I went there with my my parents and my grandparents. He was the governor of California at the time, Um, but uh, that aside— um, Ronald Reagan had some different ideas. He and Nancy Reagan seemed to have been into astrology and some other some other things as well. And so, what do you it, he, They were into what? They were into astrology as well. And so, oh really? Uh, yeah, they they had some some different points where they they kind of introduced some astrological you know ideas and so forth. So I'm not really sure exactly what Ronald you know whether you know whether he was a sincere believer that just kind of dabbled in some strange things, uh, or whether yeah. he was someone that just kind of had some off the wall ideas. I don't I don't know for sure.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah,
4: yeah. I, yeah and I always wondered. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what that like he was in the astrology but uh, i always wondered too uh like was he referring to the spiritual realm and you know what i mean
1: yeah Uh, yeah,
4: powers of principalities and things like that you know
1: yeah, or or was it uh, classic Reagan tongue in cheek, right? You know, so uh, the man obviously yeah. had a, had a great sense of humor as well. And so, uh, religion aside, uh, or spirituality aside, it's obviously very important. But uh, uh, but uh, I, I think uh, Reagan obviously a, an incredible statesman. But uh, as far as where he's at, I uh, I hope and uh, and pray that uh, that he was uh, a genuine believer and that we'll see him one day again, along with many others.
4: All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, man.
1: Yeah, hey, appreciate it, Ben. Thanks for calling. All right. How are we going? Bye. You too. 303-690-3000 if you want to join me here on Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer with you. Let's go to Bianca in Aurora. Bianca, I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a while. I'm so glad you called. Good good to have you on the program.
3: Yeah, um, I have a prayer request. Um, I've been—I guess it's just that the Lord would help me discern his his purpose for me in my life because I know I'm involved in a lot of ministry stuff and and I know that all of this is a stepping stone for whatever it is the Lord has for me next. And so I just like some prayer that the Lord would open the right door and in his timing
1: Yes. Well, let's pray for that right now, Bianca. Father, I just uh, lift up Bianca to you. I just thank you that she just continues to seek you and to just have a heart uh, after you and to walk with you. Lord, just uh, continue to bless her. Uh, Lord, you, you teach us in your word that if we draw near to you, that you'll draw near to us. And so as, as Bianca is just drawing near to you, Lord, I just pray that, that you would just uh, manifest uh, yourself uh, to her. Lord, you say, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see you. And so, Lord, I just pray that, pray that you would reveal yourself to her in amazing ways. And, Lord, I pray that you would just use her, just continue to keep her faithful and use her in the ministries that she's involved in. Lord, I pray that, that those ministries would equip her uh, for additional things that you're going to have her do maybe in those ministries or other ministries uh, down the road, and that you would just direct her, Lord, that you would uh, say behind her her right ear and her left ear, this is the way, and, and to walk in it, and that she would constantly defer to you, and allow you to choose for her in her life, directing her exactly uh, in those steps that you'd have her to take. And so I just pray that you just bless her, that she would always be found uh, just right in your will, uh, doing those things, uh, only those things that please you and uh, bring you glory. And Lord, that she would just continue to enjoy such joy in you as she does. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: Amen. Thanks a lot
1: absolutely thanks for calling bianca good to hear from you let's go to chris in colorado springs chris welcome to calvary life hi how you doing today
6: i'm good i i I had a question i know it's a little it it borders on some uh different um directions but i'm just bear with me Mm -hmm. Uh, according you know kind of i was looking at this uh um, quote in the book of uh, Jude and verse 14 mm-hmm. and it seems to be um, you know it's a you know goes on but verse 14 and Enoch also the seventh from, from Adam prophesied of these saying behold the Lord cometh ten thousand of his saints and it keeps going and going and going but it doesn't it seems like he's we're quoting some sort of text but that that um, what I it appears to be a common thread online is uh that the text is the book of enoch um that is not and it's not it's not found in the Septuagint or any like the Torah or the you know any of the
1: yeah it's an apocryphal uh, book, the book of Enoch, yeah, but it's not canonized
6: in the Old Testament, so that's part a and then when that's part a of the question so I don't know if there's just some I guess in part B would be related to the fact that when you read the Book of Enoch, it goes into some cre- really crazy stuff on the origin of demons and how these angels that fell from from he- heaven with uh, Lucifer then like ended up having this weird, uh, almost like demigod half. Species of of like women, women of the earth were like you know copulating with these angels, and then you had these weird, you know, almost like mythological creatures. And that's when they died; they neither went to heaven nor hell, and that's where the origin of demons came from. And that's that's kind of weird, especially when you. Like, when you do look at mythology and all these other weird, like, uh, religions like Krishna, like, you know, how supposedly Krishna is like this blue-skinned creature that came from Um, heaven and had sex with all these virgins and all these other weird religions that are... I'm just wondering if the pre-flood strategy to to destroy the prophecy of a messiah was to pollute any seed of like a human being or offspring or or if that was i don't know i mean it's super weird and, and then and then there's all this other weird stuff getting into like pre-adamic races and i don't yeah so, like yeah and so i don't know you know it's just what so like, where uh, exactly yeah let's the- uh,
1: let's talk a little bit let's start first uh, in in Jude there chapter 4 uh, chapter well there's one chapter verse 14 um, he he quotes Enoch but it doesn't say that he quotes the the, the book of Enoch um, of course Enoch is an apocryphal book it's got a lot of you know different things in it. There's a reason it's not part of the canon of scripture. Um, there is evidence actually that that the book did not even exist when Jude wrote. Um, some suggest that it did, but uh, there's also some evidence that perhaps that's incorrect. Um, that it didn't even exist. What I would tell you is Jude is likely. Quoting something prophesied by Enoch. Of course, Enoch is a uh, a very well-known uh, godly biblical man and prophet. And so, uh, what's more likely is is that Jude is quoting something that we no longer have from Enoch, or that was passed on uh, orally, or that was revealed to him uh, by the Holy Spirit. So uh, that's the 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 issue of of, of Enoch. Um, there's all sorts of other you know things that that we. Can come across as far as pre adamic races you 've got you know ruin recreation theories and gap theories and all sorts of other things going back to the book of genesis but but the bible's pretty clear um, you can 't have death and destruction prior to the fall um, there 's a lot of other issues and and problems with um, with such theories now as to whether or not satan uh, in you know in um, uh, instances like the the Nephilim and in Genesis six and elsewhere is trying to somehow you know corrupt God's plan of redemption. I wouldn't put anything past Satan uh, in his attempts, and we see all sorts of attempts in the Scripture uh, to interfere with God's plan of redemption, uh, all without any effect. And uh, all to his own uh, failure and demise. Uh, God always being victorious. And so, yeah, there's a, a lot of strange things. Obviously, you get into into you know uh, mythology all the way back to you know the roots of a lot of this stuff back to ancient Babylon's really where you have to go for that. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of sordid uh, details and so forth. So hopefully uh, that uh, that answers uh, your question at least uh, in part uh, for you. Okay, Chris.
6: Guess I, or, I guess I was just curious if you have ever like scratched your head on the validity of some of this Hinduistic stuff, if it, if it's just a bunch of stories, or if there was, you know, so, I mean, I mean, everybody will say like, oh, you know, you're the worshiping of demons. I mean, and yeah, there's that one, yeah. there's that one verse about worshiping of angels, and you know, yeah. uh, inadvertently. Um,
1: I think that what's going on is is a lot of times uh most of the time people whether they realize it or not um, are in fact worshiping demons uh you know w- within Hinduism obviously you've got million well billions I, I guess uh, gods within Hinduism and uh certainly we know that uh, that there is a whole host uh of uh of Godly angels and fallen angels uh, in the spiritual realm, and and they're doing Satan's bidding, and and they disguise themselves, um, you know, as other gods in order to lead people astray and get people to worship them and to worship Satan. And so, um, I I think that that's something that's been been going on for for thousands of years, unfortunately. So so yes, the answer to your question is I believe there's some validity to that, and I believe it's it's demonic. I, in other words, I believe that's what's what's going on, whether people recognize it or not. Okay. Well, hey.
6: and then just real quick, what do I when when it comes to apologetics and someone is using this argument related to Enoch in this book that you know is being quoted and it isn't in into uh, you know the any of the Old Testament uh, yeah. scriptures and then you know how do I argue when it comes to these Gnostic texts 'Cause that's yeah, well, where it goes, is people are like, Well, what about the Gnostic text? You know, that we got, you know, Enoch yeah, well, who's quoting gospel, a book that's yeah. not in the canon, so what?" and I don't know yeah. how to answer that.
1: Well, I, I I think I did before. He's not necessarily quoting a book, he's quoting a man, a man who is scriptural. So so like I said, there's evidence that the book of Enoch didn't even exist at the time that Jude wrote. So uh, I believe that Jude is quoting Enoch, not necessarily quoting the apocryphal uh, book of Enoch. But For the sake of argument, if he was, well, Paul quotes uh, Greek philosophers, too. Just because something's being quoted doesn't mean that it is part of Scripture uh, or that it should be canonized. Um, You know, I've quoted people before in in my messages, uh, you know... uh, that weren't necessarily, you know, how many pastors have quoted Ben Franklin or or somebody else, you know, and, and so that doesn't mean that, that all the works of Ben, ben Franklin are, are inspired or anything like that, and so it's the same thing when you see Paul preaching, it's the same thing uh, when you see Jude preaching. Uh, if in fact we are dealing with an actual book, which I'm I'm not sure, uh, in the case of Jude, uh, that that we actually are dealing with, and so um, the the discussion of the Gnostic Gospels. Well, I've only got eight minutes left, and and, and I've got to run. Um, but uh, but that's a a question for another day that we can get into. There's a whole host of of uh, issues when we get into some of these other uh, Gospels, uh, and there's a reason and a whole uh, series of why certain books were part of the canon, uh, internal testimony, external testimony, how they were received by the Church, uh, how they correlated to the rest of Scripture, and those books just don't meet that standard. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Got to run, Chris. God bless you. Let's go to Jason in Baltimore. Jason, welcome to the program.
2: Well, thank you. Excellent show. I was just wondering when they say Jesus is coming for the second coming— is he mm-hmm. going to be in a physical form or does the bible describe like what form he's going yeah. to be in
1: yep great question so um when we talk about the return of jesus christ really we're talking about it in two two phases Um, So we're talking about uh, when he will return, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we will meet him in the air. Uh, Then we also see uh, that he is going to return uh, at the close of the great uh, tribulation period, and he's going to set foot on the Mount of Olives. He's going to physically uh, return and rule and reign and set up his kingdom uh, at the close of the great tribulation period. The prophet Zechariah talks about that. Uh, we see that uh, in uh, elsewhere in the <coughs> scriptures uh, that Jesus Christ is going to return. Uh, in the book of Revelation, in particular, uh, we get into the book of Daniel. We see that as well. And so we know that he is physically going to return to earth. He's going to set foot on the Mount of Olives. Uh, the Mount uh, of Olives is actually going to spit uh, split in two. Uh, and uh, so he's going to set up his uh, his kingdom, he's going to rule and reign. That's Zechariah chapter 14 verse 4, uh, by the way. And so uh, Jesus himself talks about it, uh, his, his return, uh, Matthew 24 there. Uh, so there's a lot of different places that we talk about the return of Jesus Christ. Two phases to rapture the church where he physically returns for his church in the air, and then at the close of the Great Tribulation where he physically sets foot on the earth, uh, where we have the Battle of Armageddon, uh, and then we have his millennial reign on earth uh, that follows.
2: Okay, I really enjoyed your show. I, I li- listen to it faithfully. And um, what is the name of your church? I just wanted to go online and Sure. Yeah, we'd
1: love to have you take, uh, take advantage of it there. Even from Baltimore there, you can go online, calvarychapelparker.com. So Calvary chapel, P-A-R-K-E-R, P-A-R-K-E-R uh, dot .com. And you can go there, and uh, I think the most useful thing for you, uh, being that you're out of state, would be to go there and take advantage uh, of use the Messages tab and just pick books of the Bible and be able to watch or to listen and go verse by verse through the Scripture
2: okay that was
1: cal I just pulled over that was Calvary Parker yep yep Calvary yep Calvary Chapel Parker don't don't forget the chapel Calvary Chapel Parker
2: okay thank you look forward to listening to your show and I yep really appreciate
1: that. I yeah I do really appreciate your call Jason God bless you
2: okay God bless you also
1: take care let's go to Collins also in Baltimore Maryland Collins welcome to the program
3: hello thank, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, what's on your mind?
4: Yes, I was wondering uh, where the Bible says the soul that sineth shall die, and then we also believe that the soul that sineth might be spent eternity in hellfire, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: How does die, death, compare with eternity in hellfire, is this
3: the same meaning?
1: Yeah, so, so I think I understand your question. You're, you're referring to uh, um, Ezekiel chapter 18, uh, where God says, The soul that sins shall die. He says, All souls are mine, the soul of the father, the soul of the son. He's talking, the, con- the context of that passage is that uh, children will not bear the guilt uh, of their fathers, you know, or, or, or vice versa. Um, but when we talk about uh, death, we're not talking about destruction, Spiritual death is 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 not destruction. Um the Bible talks about uh uh the second death in fact uh in in the uh uh in the book of Revelation there we're we're talking quite a bit uh, actually about the uh the book of Revelation today it seems but in Revelation chapter 20 uh we we read about the second death. Um but it should not be misconstrued um as as destruction. In fact, in in Revelation chapter twenty verse fourteen, we see that. Uh, um, well, in Revelation twenty and. Uh I'll talk about verse 14 in a moment, but but he talks about those whose names are not found written in the book of life are cast into the lake of fire, and death and Hades are cast into the lake of fire. This is the second uh, death. And so uh, he's speaking about spiritual death, but that we know that there's actually a resurrection of the ungodly, the second resurrection, that they're resurrected unto judgment in that same passage, uh, and that they, as- they spend eternity uh, apart from God in hell. And so death, spiritual death, is, is really an eternity eternity apart from God in suffering and, and in hell. Okay, and so and so the, yeah, yeah so so back to Ezekiel 18 when he says the soul that sins will die he's speaking about spiritual death. Okay. You 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 could take that there is one additional way you could take that in that and that sometimes there is physical death that is suffered as the consequence of certain sins but clearly the context there is spiritual okay okay
3: thank you
1: sir yeah you bet i hope that uh hope that helps you out collins and uh yeah okay. yep. yeah thank yep. you. yeah appreciate you joining us uh from from there uh from baltimore there god god bless you Hey folks, uh, we are uh, on our way. We're winding down. I got time to answer uh, one of our text questions here uh, that uh, that came through, and uh, one of our uh, folks that texted us asked about the the Holy Spirit during the tribulation. It kind of goes with the theme of some of the things that we've been talking about. Um, it talks about uh, uh, when people become Christians during that time, will they be empowered by the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that question is yes. Well, the the Spirit, that which restrains, uh, has been removed, that is the spirit working through the church, the spirit is not removed uh, from earth during the great tribulation and he's still working uh, to draw people to Jesus Christ, to empower them uh, and to work in their lives during the great tribulation even after the rapture has taken place. So, great question and that's about all we have uh, time for today. Appreciate you guys joining us here on Calvary Live. Jason Vandiver with us. As I said, you can go to calvarychapelparker.com Join us this weekend uh, if you're going to be in the area. uh, God bless you guys, and just appreciate uh, all of your calls and questions. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much uh, just for another great opportunity, just to be here to, to fellowship with your people, to open your word, to, to talk about your word, and to be drawn closer to you, to be encouraged. I just pray uh, for all of our listeners that you would continue to draw them closer to you and transform them from glory to glory in Jesus. God bless you. Have a great night.